Hey, what's up everyone out there? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. We're back again. We've been pretty consistent with these things. Clint's been editing them in a timely manner. I knew I'd get a, I knew I'd get a giggle out of, out of camera with that one. We have, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, if you're lucky enough to be one of our YouTube members, look at this little ambient candle, candle that we have lit for you guys. What it's flavor is it? Mood lighting. Mood lighting for you out there. Tropical rainforest. Tropical mm. rainforest. Before we get this podcast kicked off, we are going to say shout out to our sponsor, Nick Wax. If you guys don't know what Nick Wax is, it's basically a waterproofing material that allows you to restore your Gore-Tex. And with lots of rain coming to the Northwest and lots of other places, you better get yourself some Nick Wax. We got a code down in the description below if you're on YouTube. So shout out to Nick Wax. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. And today, I think we're going to talk about some coho, huh? They are, I know Jordan's been getting, getting them in the rivers. I haven't really fished much. For coho, I've been getting ready for elk season, but Cam, have you fished for coho yet? I've been getting them out in the Columbia, a couple, but no, I haven't even tried yet. The king fishing's been too good, and honestly, I'm just going to kind of bide my time and wait for a little bit of rain. Wait for some rain. Yeah, I mean, we'll, I mean, even if we don't get the rain, though, some of our dam-controlled rivers are going to start getting fish, and it should be, we're getting damn close to B-run season. I know the guys out the coast have been giving it to them pretty good the last week or so, so... They're on their way, but they're probably just taking their time to get here. Right now, we got this big high pressure. It's like 75 degrees, 80 degrees yeah, every day. Not, I don't think they're in any fall. hurry. Leaves are on the trees, you know. But I did pump up the raft yesterday, though. Nice. I thought that was cool. Got to get that ready slowly. But so where are you rafting? thinking about it. Where are you going to raft? Um, Your favorite rivers everywhere. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. Rivers. Just, yeah, as I say, wherever there's water, no. I mean, it's just, like I said, got the raft ready, got the jet put on the boat. So it's like the second uh, it's time to go play, it'll be time, I'll be ready. So, What are you going to do? Yeah. What What do you like to do mostly? Let's talk a little bit of tactics out there. What's What's your, like, top three go-to tactics when you're going to target some of these coho? For, like, right now? Yeah. Say, so, like, the first couple rains. Yeah, so, like, right now, if I was going to go, I'd be ripping Brad's Wigglers. Yeah. I mean, as much as we love twitching, if we, you know, some of the rivers I fish, if we have super, super, super clear water, I mean, twitching is just, I, I'll, I'm going to be like the guy to say it, twitching is just not that effective compared to something that rips by the fish. If a fish has time to sit there stare and look at, what's that? To stare at To it. stare at it. A twitching yeah. jig is, a, is, if you're doing it right and you're working the bottom, is a fairly slow presentation. And yeah, you'll get those like. Sounds like another challenge we need to set forth. No, I'd be down for that. Like we go to we go to our local river right now. Like you, I'll throw wigglers. You twitch. We'll see what happens. Let's do it. I'm in. All right, we're out of here. See you guys. Let's go right now. <laughs> Let's go right now. No, and I mean like you're, you're you you can catch fish on both, but ultimately like especially with clients, it's like. No, I remember I last year we had similar conditions and we were all twitching. We were getting a few fish twitching, but you were definitely smashing some oh, fish. Oh, it was fish. automatic. It was automatic. The wigglers they just zip by the fish. They, you know. I mean, these, these fish aren't feeding, right? And when you have visibility that's like two, three feet or less and you're twitching and that fish is sitting in a box and he can only see two feet off each side of his head and then all of a sudden something's in his wheelhouse, in and out. that's yeah. what gets him to bite. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced of it. I've seen him move too much in the water, seen how they act. Yeah, you'll get those fresh ones that will like run your stuff down in a riffle, yeah, you know, and yeah. run it 30 feet over to the boat. You'll get those. But at the end of the day, it's like for the majority of them, they won't. Um, what about on the smaller fresh. rivers, though, that we fish? Because we we, sma we smash some fish on twitching jigs when really, really clear water on some of the smaller right. rivers. Right, especially in some of those tidal, like, 
You know what I mean? Some of those That's true. Areas. And like yeah, I yeah. said, I think even in those clear rivers where the, the spots that the fish, they're more kegged up and they're more finite, like where they cannot... They're fresher, well, let's, a lot more Let's aggressive. be honest. Like the river I'm talking about, they can sit, you know, they'll, they'll be laying all over like a 40-foot hole and yeah. they'll be over there and over there. And I mean, you'll, you will you still get them? Yeah. You, will you get enough of them? I don't know. Will you get more on Wigglers? I think so. But, you know, just like with, there's no silver bullet. There's no silver bullet twitching. You know, you're going to have to play your conditions and figure out what you're going to do. And sometimes twitching isn't necessarily the jam. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it's sometimes it's you know Barbara Nagan and a riffle, spinners, spinners. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. Like sometimes I'd rather throw a spinner than a twitching jig, and it takes <clears> a lot for me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I'm gonna, as the conditions change, though. Yeah, I mean, twitching obviously comes deadly effective too. You know, you can, you know, we, we have the heavier lead, you know, the heavier weighted twitching jigs, the three quarter and the one ounce, and. I think a lot of people too, like me, just prefer to catch fish on certain things, you know? Yep. Like I just really enjoy twitching, twitching. so it's just something I like to do. So even when the conditions may not be perfect for it, I'm probably still going to throw it. Still going to throw it. <laughs> yeah. That's how I discovered, you know, diverting a little bit. That's how you discover that, you know, everyone thinks worms don't work in clear water. And it's like when you fish worms all the time, you realize worms work really good in clear water. Yeah. But so does jig and prawn. <clears throat> Oh, and yeah, would you for say sure. that so? So right now, like going like going off that discussion with the twitching jigs, like work all the time, worms work all the time. But is there a lot of times where you'd rather throw like a small jig and bait over a worm? A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. like I think I feel like that's kind of like the same analogy, like with when, when we're talking about twitching and like a wiggler. Like yeah. Sometimes the presentation, it just suits. Yeah. Will they bite a pink worm? Sure, but they'll probably be a little more apt to to grab that jig and bait or you know. Like, what about a spinner? Or a spinner. Because same thing, because it's whipping it's, right by I them. I think it's fast. I yeah. think it's obnoxious. I, I It's I, just on a lot of the rivers we fish, it's hard to get spinners down right into the fish's face. That that's too. Why and that's also why I think twitching jigs, like I said, when they are when it's right for them, they, there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. You can drop that three-quarter or that one ounce right on top of their head. They cannot move. You get it right in their box, and they're they're going to bite it. But I think you got to be diverse. Like I think you've got to have – you cannot be – you cannot be a one-trick pony. Like you just you can't you're yeah, gonna show you up to the have river. It all in the box. I mean, Do you think any of the guys in the Midwest twitch? No, but I'd love to find out. They will now. They will now. How, how many <laughs> yeah. of you Midwest people out there watching we or listening to, to these twitch jigs for Coho and Chinook? We want to know. Yeah, we should I'm ask sure some of them do. We I should mean, ask we, that on our live feed tonight. Yeah, I'm sure some of them do. I mean, man, we've been talking about it for a few years now. Yeah. No, I mean. And, well, if they're all running bobber and eggs, you know what's going to happen to the first guy's going to walk down there with the twitching uh-huh. jig. He's going to light them up because those fish ain't seeing that stuff yeah. before. So there's that too. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So talk. So eggs. What do you? What do you? Are you doing anything so like special right, for eggs right now? If I was fishing some eggs for coho, you know, like so the water's low, the water's clear, they want cover. You know what I mean? I'd be fishing riffles, and in fact, the only the only couple times I've even ventured up into some of the smaller rivers, the couple buddies in their boats. Was you know we were basically just you know side drifting or or uh, bobber dogging eggs yeah. through riffles and through runs and actually caught fish. Yeah. Um, you know I think they. Also, yeah, Jordan said he got some fish on eggs today. Doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, eggs, eggs. The, you know, coho love eggs. So. Um, what fish doesn't? Right. Right. But like <laughs> I said, I, I think if you just showed up every day to the river with with a twitching jig and you didn't have wigglers or you didn't have eggs or if you showed up every day with eggs or if you showed up every day with wigglers, like you're gonna miss out. Sometimes those conditions just don't lend themselves well to that presentation. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So, you think we still need a little bit more rain before we really start seeing a lot of fish in the rivers here in the Northwest? 
you know, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned because like, you know, our, our late run was really not supposed to be that strong. And we've had a lot of a run coho running around some of these tributaries and numbers have been good. Um, some of the hatchery returns have been on honestly off the charts over Bonneville. The numbers have been good. The question is, is it just going to keep going? Like, yeah. are we going to see this coho fishing all the way past Thanksgiving and into Christmas, like some years we see, or is it going to be pretty, you know, short lived and, you know, be like a one rainwater, one water event. I, I don't really know. Oh, that. I hope not. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Seems like every year we still get fish. Well, they've been underneath everything. Like the it's forecast. It's not like it was in 2000 and whatever year, six or whatever that was when it was insane. But oh, we had it seems eight. like we always still get fish, you know, when we had. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we move and we have to, you know, we, uh, we know we'll travel we'll and have we'll have travel. to drive and, and move around for fish a little bit Which too. But the fun part of it. The good, oh, could you imagine if that river with a K was as good as it was oh, every time like no, that one year? Yeah. Was a that was so. Good. Or the one. It was with, a six. Or the one you could cast literally anywhere. And or catch the one with an. L, it did not matter. Or the one with an L. That, oh, we, that we caught that there was eighty thousand of them that returned that year. Yeah, eighty thousand in that river. I've got a picture. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find just, it for you. Why do are we not doing that? that why year that the river with a K was so good. Me and my dad went up there after work and walked down the hill, and these dudes were leaving, and I was like, "Why? They don't have any fish. Why are they leaving?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe there's no fish in this hole." And I literally cast it like three feet off the bank and boom, fish. And then boom, fish. We ended up taking home 12 fish that evening after work. It was just nuts. I remember I was posting pictures like this. Yeah, dude. Off the yeah. river and people were just yeah. flaming me. Because like that was like literally every day. Oh, I said it. <laughs> Bleep. Well, whatever. Bleep. That was literally every day for like a month straight. And we were, I mean, there were some mornings we were killing 36 hatcheries. And then, that wasn't but putting back, but yeah. putting back, you know, 14, 15 wilds as well. Because it was just nuts. And it was just like crazy. Someday we'll be back there again. Someday. Yeah. Gotta plan them. Oh, yeah. Gotta Good plan stuff. them to get Good them, stuff. boys. But yeah, hopefully we'll get there. And hopefully, you know, this year they are, they have literally underpredicted everything coming from the sockeye oh, yeah. the How summer chinook the, the fall chinook the the coho jacks the air run going abominable they have missed every single one in a good way i guess but uh, even i mean they've, they've missed it so bad that even like the columbia river is opening up for two chinook limits starting say, tomorrow I mean, it's, and it's cool that they under you know yeah my but, concern like when you get so many of these like okay we're gonna give you these two days oh we got some more fish oh we'll give you a couple more days Oh, wait, no, there's more fish. Oh, here, we'll give you this. Oh, and now we'll just open it it's wide like, open now that all those fish are gone and fish. we actually know how many there are. Well, and here's the, here's the, here's the real thing. People upriver get to catch them. People yeah. upriver get to catch them. But here's the, here's the sad the part. There's a lot shoe. of these rivers that are shutting down for these B-run coho because they don't think they're going to get the numbers, but yet they're going to have main stem commercial gillnet fisheries like yeah. four days a week starting next yeah. week. Like, literally, it's like, wait a second, so are we concerned about these fish? Do you think you're going to get enough? Because chances are those guys out there are going to catch and they're going to kill yeah. hatcheries and wilds. Mm -hmm. And yet we're so like, we're we just turning a blind eye to that. So there's definitely some points that need to be brought up at some of the next meetings here of the next week. Cause uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a glaring uh, contradiction. <laughs> what the, rivers the, closed? Or are they already closed? They are going to close on October 15th. Which ones? My favorite. Good ones? My <laughs> my river. 
October 15th, I can't keep a coho in that river. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. What about the other Dude, they're rivers? so dumb. Nope. And then a bunch are going to come back and they're yep. going to be like, "Oh, whoops." Yep. Whoops. Or 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 a bunch aren't going to come back because they get slu- there's not going to be that many of them and they're going to get sluiced by the main stem gillnet fisheries, which are very effective with three and a half inch net mesh yeah. nets, which is what they're using. Yeah, so it's it's so like so what is it? Like what is it, boys? Do we we have enough fish that we can warrant a four day a week freaking gillnet fishery that's gonna mop up, quote unquote mop up, because I love how they use that term because they need to have mop up fisheries because the sports can't catch enough yet. We have yet to have a sports season yeah. go on the Columbia River that has gone open every single day for a two fish limit in the last like, I don't know, like one year out of ten. Yeah. So it's like, so no, obviously we're catching quote unquote too many or we are capable of catching too many to where they restrict us so much but yet then they feel like they need to have mop-up fisheries for the commercial fishery when we can't even keep a hatchery fish in some of these tributaries it's the most absolutely asinine ridiculous thing in the world yeah that sounds absolutely and it needs to be brought up it'll probably get brought up a lot tonight on the live feed (laughs) that's so dumb yeah god our state are so it's just no I i don't know what is it so what is it like tell me what it is like, yeah, it's pretty sad. Sad, sad state of affairs. Sad. Why does that happen? Why? I don't understand why we still have gillnets in the Columbia River. Dude. You know, There's nowhere on the other, in the United States that they do that. I know. That they fish freshwater. Yeah. yeah. I don't. It, you know, I don't really care too much about the, the gillnets themselves. Like, honestly, if we had enough fish, nobody would give a shit. No, exactly. So I would, th- that doesn't, I don't get too lost in the weeds with that because I think that, you know, you know, we, we, we bitch and cry about it just because like, well, yeah, I mean, you have a situation like this, but it's like, well, shit, if we just had, you know, like actually accountability that the state had to answer to. With I thought the guy, back, I saw a really nice post going on last night. It wasn't nice. It was super entertaining with all the gillnet talk. <laughs> oh, God. And I thought there was a couple guys in there making very good points about the gillnetters in the Columbia River and basically saying they're absolutely worthless and i'm going to absolutely agree with every single one of those guys they're yeah. not needed the fish are not needed no. we do not need to be taking those right. fish to fill all these little well, stupid fish markets across the northwest but, we can get the fish from other places right and here's one place you can get them and what a lot of people don't realize the columbia river especially when it comes to chinook numbers we're only allowed to impact the run 12 percent. we're only allowed to catch 12 percent of the run guess who catches 10 percent? and get you guess who catches two percent we fight as, as, as I can the, imagine. Well, the tribes, yeah, the tribes harvest just an insane amount. They harvest way more than the sports. They harvest way more than the Lower Columbia River gillnet fishery. And yet, if the we need the public to to get these fish, there's already a mechanism to harvest those fish and get them into public market through mm-hmm. the tribes. So you're right. When it comes to the gillnet fishery on the Columbia River, like it's there. I get it. I think I honestly think the Washington Commission did didn't do them a favor by basically going back on the Columbia River forms because I think the next conservation group that drops a bill that's going to get them out, I think it'll succeed because obviously the states couldn't manage with the Kitzhopper plan. They couldn't manage their way out of a wet paper bag, and so they're not going to give them another chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Guarantee that. So I think the next group conservation group that comes in with the bill, I think will 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 basically eliminate them. And I think that could definitely be forthcoming. But going back to like some of those things that they say, well, I mean, also too, like economically, these gillnet fisheries don't pencil out because they've tried that with the safe areas. And honestly, they only fund 19% of all the safe area funding 
only 19% comes from fish tickets landed. So you don't even have a lot of these gill netters participating in those fisheries and yet alone catching enough fish to even sustain them. Those, That's what those I'm monies, saying. A those lot, monies come from us. And I'm saying too, a lot of those gill netters, they're not even making that much money here. Only no, six gill netters, only six gill netters. I can't remember what year it was. Only six gill netters actually had over $30,000 in landings in one of the years out of the whole fleet. So and the thing the about it is, for? so it's not e- right. So it's like, really, what is it? Like economically, those fish that were caught in the gillnet fleet mean so much more to the sports. Like when you look at like the value of a fish, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, people don't realize like when these, you know, and I don't want to turn this into like a, a gillnet bashing thing, but it's like, we really need to start like looking at this. If we only have so much resource to go around and when a fish is killed in a sport fishery versus getting killed in a gillnet fishery, when it, carries so much further economically than it does like i mean the bottom line is let's be let's be honest if we have a fishery season you have sport guys that go out and they don't even kill a fish but tons they still participate them. they still participate tons so like we them. don't even have to kill yeah. a fish we don't even have to we have all them. sorts right, right, of right. seasons so, that are open all the time that we currently fish on that we don't kill them right well yeah i mean five tons five of months of my career is basically centered around catch catching fish that i can't even kill i don't even want to kill so I think you know, you start looking at things like that and it's like, yeah, but here's the, but like I said, it's okay. Let's rag on the gill. Let's fight for their piece of the pie. Let's get it. But that's great. It's still a small piece. Let's, I think, you know, like back in 2014, 2015, when we had tons of fish, nobody gave a blankety nobody blank that they were gill netting. Nobody cared. They did though, dude, because yeah. when you say we had a ton of fish, yeah, we had a ton of fall Chinook, right. but they're in, they're impacting all these like protected wild steelhead runs. Right. Dude, there's other things that they're affecting. And that's what I like. Yeah. If they were, if there was a way for them to only go out there and like when they drop their gill net, they harvested fall Chinook. Eight and a quarter inch mesh helps. Then why like, don't they do that? Right. No, they, they do. They do. Like in the August fisheries, when bee runs steelhead around, they use a large mesh net. Yeah, they still do. There's bee ones still right now. Yep. No, I agree. Lots of them. You have all sorts of ones returning to the space. All those rivers are getting insane amounts of. And you look at it too. You look at it too. Like when you talk about a a fish being caught in a sport fishery versus being caught in a gill net, like the bycatch and the mortality rate associated. So, like, let's say we do encounter a steelhead. We do encounter a steelhead in our sport fishery. We get a, we basically get applied a 12% which or so rare. mortality rate, which is rare, but it still happens. And I'm sure it's rare in the gillnet fishery, but when they impact them, it's a 30 plus percent mortality rate. And that's even with recovery boxes. Like if you want to get, if you want to get into spring fisheries, which we don't want to do, yeah. we're not going to get into that now, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, so when it even comes to restrictions, as far as bycatch, like we, we hold all the cards for that as well. So it's 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 a sad state of affairs. Like I said, I don't want to fight over the last five fish. I want to make it five million, you know, kind of a thing. And I think, you know, if we focus on that, but yeah, I think there's gonna be some interesting things happening with that fishery. And like I said, and then going back to what we were talking about with Coho, because that's what we originally were talking about on this podcast. We were talking about Coho. <laughs> My bad. You know, like I said, it, you know, you have a, a main stem gillnet fishery below a river that they're not even letting us keep hatchery Coho on because it's that bad. You know, and the state's always worried about PHOS and worried about all this, you know, hatchery surplus escaping and not, and it's like, wait, we can't even, keep a hatchery fish but yet you're going to kill but wilds gonna, and hatcheries on the main stem four days a week doesn't really make sense the other thing is dude there's rivers right there too that 
like have like endangered runs of mm-hmm. I mean you have the those are all like endangered mm-hmm. runs of wild coho. Yep. Yep. And now they're going to get gillnetted. Mm-hmm. A lot. With a super high mortality rate. Dude, it's... With cr- a super, super effective three and a half... I mean, I can name tons. Yeah. And what's also really scary about it too is like, so we're sitting here in this high pressure system right now and then we're kind of waiting for the uh-huh. coho. They haven't... They haven't... Those B runs aren't here. Even those fish that Jordan got today, they were pretty One blushed. One of them yeah, I don't. I'm not calling them B runs, but yeah. they don't have the size, and yeah. they don't, and they're not like they're and not they're big B runs. So I still think that what we what small apparently what small amount of B run we're getting back so restrictive that we can't even keep hatchery ones in certain rivers. It's not even here yet, and it's going to meet the full <laughs> the the full onslaught of the commercial fishery, which. Uh, so like I said, what is it, state? Is it? So restrictive that is it so small that we can't even keep a hatchery fish, but yet you're gonna yeah, go wide open on them. Yeah, yeah. It just it's like I said it contradicts itself almost. It's crazy. Oh man, we got real depressed here now. Man, you wanted to talk about coho. Now we're talking about coho. Damn it. <laughs> with that being said, what is there any like what's been going on with hatchery and wild? I know you guys are still doing that economic study, yep. correct? So our, we have congressional packets going out now. Next Tuesday, I'm taking out nine state senators and representatives on a uh, on a fishing day, where I'm taking half of them in the morning, half of them in the afternoon, and then taking them out for lunch, and then. Uh, Got some other things in the works there, which I can't really lead out to, but um, there's some other reason why I'm doing that too. And but yeah, so we, what we've got our congressional packs. We're trying to enlighten them and trying to get them focused on uh, when they get into session in January, what they need to be looking out for and 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 how much, basically how much these sport fishery means to votes for them and uh, and uh, economically to their districts. So it uh, we're trying to definitely so trying to do the the things that need to take place in the back end everyone out yep. there that's been yep. asking what's going on there's a lot of stuff going on in the back end and unfortunately that's just how it goes you gotta you yeah. gotta play these political games to make things happen in yeah <laughs> anywhere and really. I think I think you I know mean, the difference between now and and you know 20 years ago is like I you know like we need to start being a little more robust at the legislative level. And I think that's what we're that's where starting make, to figure out. We're starting to make our connections and we're starting to make it do because at the end of the day, and I'll say it, I don't think we can fight the state from the bottom up. I think we just have to basically get a situation where we get laws and policies set in place that just tells the state what to do and for us. Because yep. that's the only way we're going to get paid attention to. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. How are you guys liking these short form podcast so you guys are hopefully you're enjoying us keeping them just a little bit shorter we're we're planning on kind of continuing that method in like the 25 30 minutes so make sure you guys let us know drop some comments thumbs up the videos do all that stuff to help us out and let us know what you guys want us to be doing because that's i think what we would like to do so yep yep thanks again for tuning in we appreciate every single one of you we will see you guys and gals on the river see you guys